And um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you about this whole trip and um, just kind of talk about some things that, that God did that, that um, were just very, uh, very much, very obvious that God did it. And um, give you just a little bit, of, we'll try not to take too long tonight. I got a lot of pictures and I, I don't know, probably had, well, because there was a lot of other people that were taking pictures too and we put it all in one Google Drive and so I think there's probably four or five hundred pictures to go through. So I tried to narrow it down a little bit, but I thought this, uh, this passage in Nehemiah really fit well with, with exactly what we did this week. And uh, of course, you know the story of Nehemiah. The Bible says in uh, Nehemiah chapter 2 in verse number 17, then said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. And uh, obviously this situation was not that uh, the, the, the building was burned down or anything like that. But they were in a very difficult situation with their church. In fact, uh, go ahead and start, Brother Josh. I don't have the clicker up here. It doesn't really work that well. So there we go. Oh, that was, so that was... Uh, this is the, the craziest thing, you know, the whole COVID stuff, right? And uh, so no, nothing, no masks required in the airports, no, you know, masks required on the airplane or anything else. We're, we're about 30 minutes out from Belize, and they say, all right, we're getting ready to fly into Belize, and they require a mask at the airport in Belize, so everybody needs to put a mask on. We're coming through the cabin with a mask. Everybody needs to put one on. And we're like, we've just sat in the plane for three hours with everybody with no mask, and now we've got to walk into the airport with a mask on, you know? So we land, we, go, we start going into the airport. Hardly anybody in the airport has a mask on. Most of the work, it was like half and half. Half the workers had one, half of them didn't. And we get in there and, you know, there's no mask requirement in Belize. So we walk through the airport. Our plane was the only one that was there at the time. You know, they, they kind of have four or five planes that come in, they clean them up, and they have four or five planes that go out. And that's kind of, that's kind of it for the day. We're the only plane there. We're walking through the airport with a mask on. As soon as we walk out, we all take our masks off. And I'm like... What was the whole point of that? You know, it didn't even make any sense. So the COVID test, you have to have a COVID test to be able to fly. And uh, so I think we looked and, and like to get the PCR, which is 72 hours, it was going to be like $270. And uh, they won't, insurance won't cover it anymore if you're, if you're getting this COVID test for flying. Of course, if you, have, if you have the vaccine, then you don't have to have the test, which, you know, I mean, you know how many people that have had the vaccine have gotten COVID, so there could be people all over the place with it because you've got this little card, you don't need it, you know? So I said, you know what? It was $50 to get this test in Belize. We'll take our chances, we'll land, we'll get our test, you know, and, and just pay 50 bucks instead of 270. So we get there and they, they take, I think Brian and I were the only two that didn't have a test. And so we, we go back there and they, they, you know, I mean like tiny little cotton swab in the nose and um, we're walking out, and I said, do you need to stamp this or whatever? And she said, oh, no, I already stamped it. If you have COVID, we'll call you. <laughs> I was like, I think they probably threw the test out as soon as we gave them the 50 bucks and walked out of the airport. I don't know, but either way, we didn't have to pay 270. We only had to pay 50 bucks, and neither one of us got a call, so I guess we're good. But um, anyway, so that was when we were getting on the airplane. Uh, Josh, so this, is, this was their building. It's literally a trailer, um, and... Um, uh, they had done some work on the flooring and all that kind of stuff, but this thing was rotting out, literally. And um, uh, right, right about where that second fan is on the wall. So I'll tell you this now, and just to, you know, and I'll come back to it. But 
the last night we were there, I mean, we were walking through swarms of termites. I mean, like flying in the air, just swarms. And actually, one of them flew up the pastor's nose and went all the way into the back of his head, and he, he finally got it out. But, I mean, swarms, swarms. And turns out that all of them actually came from this building. When they started taking their stuff out, and, and they kind of bumped the wall a little bit, and the whole wall just crumbled, and, it, and then it just, like, released. And I, when I'm talking about a cloud, Brian knows. I mean, it was a cloud as, as far as you can see. And the whole rest of that night, we're swatting these termites and everything else. And basically what they do is they fly long enough to mate. They lose their wings, they land on the ground, and then they die. And so by the time we left, most of them were dead. It was just, it's just amazing how huge this thing was. But they all came out of the inside of that. Go to the next one. So they had the, oh, oh actually, there's a, there's a picture of it. You can kind of see how all the walls were just crumbling. I mean, they were doing the best they can. You know, this is, this is Belize. And so, uh, you know, I think the absolute coldest it gets is like 65 degrees in their coldest part of their year. Uh, most of the time, it's between 75 and 85 degrees. Um, so they don't have, lot, you know, they don't have a, a lot of the windows don't even have a way to close them. So, you know, rain can get in and all that stuff. Go, go to the next few. This is after they had already taken all their desks and everything else out. But this is what their school was. So, I mean... They desperately needed something, and they had gotten actually to the point where they didn't fit in there anymore, so the Blancos had actually taken one of the rooms in their house and turned it into, like, the elementary school. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, there's some, that's just, I mean, this is all pictures of the inside of that building, and, and I know it makes it look like it's big, but <laughs> you're looking at, from, there it is right there. So that's, that's the size of the building that they were meeting in, and then right there where that car is is where the Blancos' house starts, and that little room right there. Uh, it was like a screen porch, and they had taken the whole thing for the elementary school. Next picture. Go ahead. All right, so when we got there, this is, this is what they had done. Um, and I'm going to introduce to you, uh, and maybe within the next couple of pictures, you'll be able to see it. But um, there is, oh, my car warranty is expired. Um, <laughs> but um, Pastor Whitaker called me, I don't know in maybe uh, March, or, or no, maybe, maybe January or February, and said, hey, they, they really need this building. We got an opportunity to go down there and build it. There's a guy that has donated some steel uh, to build the framing, and uh, they're raising the money. We're raising money and everything else. Can you come down? And I said, well, you know, it would be a great opportunity. He asked me if I could come down there and build it, and I said, well, you know, I'll bring Brian or whoever else we can get, you know. And, um, I mean, just long story, but then other churches heard about it, and they were like, man, we, you know, we'd love to come and be a part of it, too. And so um, I don't have any pictures of, of when they were act actually erecting the steel, but all of this steel is left over. Um, and I'll show you a picture of Francis in just a second. He's, he's kind of a bigwig in Belize. He, he, they own, like, three different companies, and one of them is, uh, like, road construction. So built, they build most of the roads in Belize. And uh, I think this, this steel was left over from a bridge that they had been building, so he, he donated it for them to build a school and, and actually came out and welded these poles together and everything else. And then the kids and, and some of the men in the church had actually put the flooring on and the, and the roofing on. And uh, I say roofing, but the, like these, these trusses. But if, if you could see, I mean, the thing was doing like this all the way across the back and uh, down the sides and just not square at all because they're kind of using just leftover metal, you know. Um, but this is, this, is, this is what it looked like when we got there. And, I mean, literally, we got off the plane. Well, I think our plane landed at 1030. We got there about, you know, 2 o'clock by the time we went back and, and did some other stuff that had to be done first. And we jumped up on the building and started. We had to put a couple extra trusses in there on the, on the ceiling, a few extras on the floor. 
And then I don't remember if we started that night or if we started early the next morning, but we started, go ahead, to the, uh, oh, yeah. I know that looks goofy, but you know what? That sun was so hot. I didn't have a hat with me, and I didn't have glasses with me. And the pastor was like, well, I got this hat, and I got these pair of glasses. I said, I'll take them because, you know, you're, you're so close to the equator there, and you don't realize it, but the sun is so much more intense. And we were lathered up with uh, sunscreen and everything else, but it was, I mean, if I didn't have those glasses, I would not have been able to see it on that metal. Same thing with Brian and these other guys. So then the, the second day, another group of guys showed up. We got there a little bit early so we could kind of have everything set up and, and know what we were doing. Um, but we started putting the metal on. You can see the roof going on across there. Hot, though. I mean, 90-something degrees with, like, 80% humidity. It felt like it was over 100, you know? And <clears throat> we decided to go ahead and put the roof on first because then we could work the rest of the week underneath, and it worked out really well. We needed more sunscreen the rest of the week, and we were mostly in the shade. So, But you can see it going across, and, and um, there we go. Lots of, several of the men in the church were there helping us. By the way, the building in the back there is that, that's the trailer, that's the school building, and then they had a little tent that was set up that we, that we kind of had all of our tools under and everything else. I, I caught Brian working, so I figured I'd better show you that one. No, he worked. Next. All right, so there it is when it was all finished up, and uh, boy, it made a huge difference to have it, have everything under roof. Go ahead. That's the back there. Oh, they have, they have uh, on top of all the snakes and everything else that they have, which uh, they have, we found several tarantulas, big, big tarantulas. I think I, I, think I put a picture in there. Um, but they have this, it's called poison wood. And it's like poison ivy, but the entire tree is poison. And, um, oh, don't watch out for this stuff. You know, they're hacking it down and everything else. We're walking back in there. And sure enough, I got it all over my hand. And, you know, I don't, I don't remember where I touched it or where I got it from or anything else, but a lot of that back in there was that poison wood. Um, uh, one of the pastor's sons, I think he's, uh, he's, I think he's going into 11th grade this year, but he is so allergic to it that if it rains and he walks underneath of it and it drips on him, he gets it all over his face and everything else. So anyway, so that's Francis. I, I, I skipped forward quite a bit to show you who he is. He is, um, uh, long story, and I'm not going to tell you, but he was in a plane crash when he was young, and, and uh, the guy that was flying with him was killed in that plane crash, and he was burned on over 90% of his body. So um, he looks a little different, but that's why. He's had so much skin grafting and everything else. But God really started putting on his heart, very strong uh, Catholic guy, uh, to help this school out and to um, uh, just kind of humanitarian more than anything, uh, just because he's like, man, you're doing something that the public schools are not doing. And if we can train leaders for, for today, uh, you know, then, then this is the future of Belize tomorrow. And so, I mean, and then once, they, once he started giving stuff to them, he's just been, he's been, he donated desks and all kinds of stuff for their school. Um, but he owns, he, this is the marina, and I'll, I'll show you a couple pictures of that in a little bit, because we, we actually had one evening where we went out there and, and uh, spent the evening out there with him uh, after the place closed down. But that's Francis. And I uh, wanted to introduce you to him. So there we go. That's, that's what it looked like as we started going. We got the roof on. Go ahead. That was a, that was a group of us. Uh, so Robert Grant, I'll introduce you to him now. Um, he's the guy that's in the cowboy hat there. Next year, he will have 60 years of doing construction. And uh, so he's been at it a long, long time. And I'll tell you a little bit about that near the end. The guy, go back. The guy in the, um, in the gray shirt there on the, on the far left is Pastor Blanco, and then the, the, the one right next to him is his son, uh, RJ. 
but Pastor Blanco has, Pastor Blanco got saved um, in one of the first Sundays that Pastor Whitaker was there, which you know that we support the Whitakers. Uh, he is, he's uh, planting a church there in Idaho, and, um, uh, but he started that church 10 years ago. Pastor Blanco got saved in one of the first few Sundays that he was there, and God called him to preach. And so when, when the Whitakers came back to start this church in Idaho in 2016 or 17, Pastor Blanco uh, took the church, and man, he's doing a, just a tremendous job. Pastor Whitaker, in September, is planning to send out a letter to let the supporting churches know that they're, they feel like they're self-supporting. We, uh, we read the prayer letter on Wednesday night. They just passed their uh, fourth anniversary, and they feel like uh, they're, they're able to support themselves and all that stuff. And, and he's asked, and, and I 100% agree. Uh, to take the support that we were giving to them and give it to Pastor Blanco down there in Belize. They can use it, um, and they're doing a tremendous, tremendous work. So that's, that's what our plan is. But anyway, that's Pastor Blanco. I'll show you a picture of him and his family later, but go ahead. So we actually had to get underneath there and support all those beams. Uh, the floor was just so bouncy. And, uh, you know, these guys, this is, this is Belize construction. You know, there's no... I suppose if you're in the city and wherever else, there's, there's certain permits that you have to have and everything else. This whole thing was built with no permits, with nobody knowing anything about it, and just no codes. Let's use everything we can find and, and put this building together to have a school, you know? So um, anyway, uh, the, we stepped on this floor, and it's doing this. You know, I was like, we've got to put something underneath there. So we did all that. And then here's was a huge answer to prayer, too. They had, they had these boards that we were supposed to use. I mean, the floor is doing like this, you know? And so they had these really thin three-quarter inch boards that were about eight feet long um, and tongue and groove and only about an inch and a half, two inches wide, maybe two and a half inches. Very, very thin stuff. And the more we started looking at it, we said there's no way that we can put this floor down and expect it to be any kind of solid. But you start looking at all the prices of materials, and it's, I mean, it's, you think lumber is expensive here. It's, it's like double what it is here over there. So we start looking at all of that stuff, and they weren't planning to put down any kind of, you know, subfloor or anything like that. If they had done that, then we could put that flooring on top of it. But I think it was going to be something like $9,000 just to get the, the OSB, the this, this subfloor that you need to cover that building. 25 feet deep by 40 feet wide. That's how big the building was. $9,000 for this stuff. Uh, so we were like, well, that's, that's kind of out. That's not really an option. So then we started looking at, well, maybe we can get some two by, two by tens and put those down, you know. And it uh, turns out that if we were going to put the two by tens down, we would actually be able to return the wood that they had already bought. We, we ended up getting way more back for that than we thought we were going to. And I think it ended up coming to an extra 2500 or no, I think it came to an extra $3,000. John Stockton, who many of you know from the men's camp out, their church is the one that does it, called back to his pastor and said, hey, this is what it's going to be. You know, are we able to give? He said, go buy the wood. Just, just buy whatever wood you need. So, I mean, that quickly, it was covered. We took that other wood back, and we started putting the flooring down. So as we were putting this flooring down, then there was another. And, and I'm telling I'll show you a picture of this whole group. But God brought a group of people together that was just, everybody knew what they were doing. And so all you had to say was, hey, let's go, you know, let's do this, you know, get a crew, you guys start working on that, and then it was done, you know, so you'll see the construction of the building in a little bit, um, but while we were working across on the floor, there was, a there was another group that was actually working on building the walls. Now, you got to remember that this is Belize, you don't need any insulation, you don't need any, you know, I mean, you, the, you need it to be open, otherwise the circulation is not going to flow, I mean, there's no AC in there, there's no heat in there and that kind of stuff, uh, so the, the way that it was built was four-foot walls, up to the bottom. All right, I'm going to point this out to you, but stop right there for a minute, Brother Josh. See the, the rebar 
going across there, and then, yeah, higher, right there. That whole thing is, is uh, just long rebar that's run all the way through those 2x4s that we put up there. Actually, they weren't even 2x4s. They were 2x3s. So all of it's treated. Yeah, all of it's treated. It, it had to be. Otherwise, the termites will tear it up. Yep. Yep. So uh, four foot up and then a three-foot window all the way around that's just covered by rebar and mesh and, and screen. And then the rest of it was covered after that. That's how, the, that's how the building was constructed. So while we were working on moving across with the flooring, they were working on putting the walls up. Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, somebody took a little uh, time-lapse video of it. Put it up there in the ceiling. I mean, but you can see just everybody working together. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, because, you know, normally somebody's going to get their feelings hurt because we didn't do it the way they wanted it done or something like that. But it was, I don't think there was one disagreement. There was no argument. There was nothing. I mean, it was just. And so Pastor Blanco said, uh, oh, you know, we're, we're planning to move the school in on Monday, right? And we were like, what? You know, originally we were told that, that we were going to try to get the framing up and all that stuff, and then they were going to work through the summer to try to get everything up. Uh, you know, through the, through the summer so they can have their first week of school. And he said, oh, I'm just kidding, you know, whatever else. The more we got to work, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it for you, but they actually moved in on Monday. I mean, that's how fast this thing went up. So go ahead, Brother Josh. That's what Brian did most of the time, just to give you a... There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's why when I actually caught him working, I had to get a picture of it. So this is, this is putting the rebar in. And you can't really see it. I, I was, I, obviously, I took the picture. I was standing back here holding this piece of rebar. It was a 40-foot-long piece of rebar, and we had to run it through, you know, run five pieces through all those holes. Uh, but that's, that's the only way you could get in there without, you know, without losing some of the integrity of it. Or, uh, yeah, there you go. There's a little bit better picture of it. Keep going. There we go. So the, the nice thing about it was as well is that, you know, a lot of these kids um, were able, they, they gave them a couple, yeah, here we go, a bunch of these kids, in, and they're doing such a, I think, they have, I think they have 16 or 17 kids in the school. You remember exactly how many? I think they have 17 kids in the school this year, and uh, all of them, all of their parents are there in the church and very faithful in the church, um, but it was just a tremendous opportunity for them to be able to get out there and work and, uh, you know, the more they realized how much of a help they actually were to be able to hold this up and go do that and whatever else, they actually ended up giving them a couple of days off of school uh, to help out with that, especially some of the older ones. Uh, but man, they jumped in and they just, I mean, they did as much as they could. So we built that entire wall all in one piece and stood the whole thing up, put it together. There we go. So then, um, while I think your crew was, you, you, Brian was on the crew that was kind of working on the walls, and, and then we, st we put cement board all the way around the bottom. That was, that was a nasty job. Brian did it. A couple of the other guys did it. Uh, had to cut every one of those things in half. And then uh, me and three or four other guys got onto the electrical, and I think we put 30 outlets in that building because they, um, uh, it's, like a it's a video school, so they all have to have computers, and they watch their classes online. And uh, so we put 30 outlets in there all the way around, uh, put outlets on the ceiling. So here was the problem. Um, they send everything down in a 55-gallon drum, and the barrel got delayed just because shipping across the whole world is slow, and so the barrel never showed up in time. And that had all of our materials in it, all the lights, all the fans, everything that we were going to use. So we ended up having to buy stuff and bring it in 
And uh, it's amazing how God worked that out to kind of basically make it so we didn't have to pay any duty on it or anything like that coming in. Um, but then, obviously, then they were going to go back and sell everything because, you know, now they can make twice as much for it. That's why we bought it. I, so we, I, I bought 200, no, I bought 500 feet of wire, and I think it cost $250. For them to do that there would have been close to $1,000. That's how expensive everything is there. So we brought all of that stuff in with us. And um, so we wired it for the lights, and, and the lights are actually like shop lights, so you hang them and then plug them in. And uh, so we wired it for all that, wired it for all the fans, and then the, the barrel got there uh, two days ago. So, um, but anyway, so you can see all the wiring going in. It was just a really good, really good for the younger guys, and, and end up, we ended up leaving a, most of our tools there for them because do you, do you get this, all right? It costs about $150-ish to buy a DeWalt drill with a battery here in the States. It's $750 for a DeWalt drill and battery down there in Belize for a new one. And so by us leaving them there, I mean, you're giving them something that they will never be able to afford, you know? Uh, so it's just a really, really nice thing for them to be able to have that. Pastor John, there's Brian. So that's, that's the cement board that I'm talking about that they were putting up. And, and they had to, you know, cut them all in four-foot sections to get to the bottom of that wall to get to where the windows were. And then they had to do the top section there as well. So, it, and it was hot. It was a lot of work, but uh, long days, but we ate, man, we ate so much food. All right, so um, there is, you can see the screen and the mesh going up, but the tall one on the left is the screen, and then the, the, the shorter one is actually not shorter, but it looks like it, that's the mesh that went over the top of that, and that was put on from the outside just to keep that circulation going and everything else, but coming together here, we're, we were getting very close to the end on this one. Go ahead. So that was, um, that was Friday. Keep going. Working on putting the stairs up and uh, finishing up with the electrical and all that stuff. There you go. That was before the door was put on. That was before the front was completely finished. But we were almost done, and uh, everything is on Belize time. And Pastor Whitaker and Mr. Grant went out to get some supplies, and they had to go, like, to a town, Belmopan, which is, I think, about uh, 50 miles away. And it took them almost all day to go get the stuff and get back. So by the time they got back, it was, it was too late to start on something else. So... Uh, this is the Blanco's house. That's how they had everything set up in there. Uh, Mrs. Blanco is the one standing up closest to us. Pastor Whitaker's daughter was there as well. Um, next, next picture there. Um, Pastor Blanco standing up here. John Stockton. I got a picture of everybody there. Um, but that, I mean, they, they fed us three meals. It's a good thing we were working as hard as we did. Otherwise, I'd be twice the size that I am. I mean, just great cooks. That's, that's getting very close to finish there. So Friday night, uh, this, is the, this is the marina that I was talking about. And uh, Francis, he and his family own this marina. That's a 40-foot tall water slide. And I think this place, I mean, it's packed during the day, but, but they close at 5 or 6 o'clock at night. By the way, it gets dark in Belize at like 6, um, which is kind of weird, you know. Obviously, the closer you are to the equator, it, it changes everything, but by 6 o'clock. So they close that thing, and then they give us the whole run of the, run of the whole place. And so we were able to go down there to slide, and there was a big, like, rope swing and all that stuff. A lot of the guys went up on this thing. Uh, but tremendous view from the top of that thing. But go ahead. Um, that's John Stockton. You guys remember John from Men's Camp Out. Go ahead. So then uh, fr uh, Saturday morning, we actually, we were planning to go out and, and knock on doors with them and everything else, but we were so close that we actually realized, hey, we could completely finish this thing up and get them moved in and let them have their first day of school. They have like two weeks left, but let them have their first day of school 
on Monday. So we actually uh, we went out, got out there early on Saturday morning. We were putting all these desks. All those desks were donated by Francis as well. Somehow he got a hold of them, and uh, we were putting all these together. And uh, then Brian and I, okay, keep going. There we go. There's the doors, the door on the outside. There's one there and one on the other end as well. I was getting very close to the end. Okay, so then um, they were almost finished, and they were actually just getting ready to move everything over. And um, we, had a, we had a great opportunity to get our dive certifications. And so Brian and I both did our online class before we left. And um, so the, there's a guy in their church who owns, it's called Jaguar Adventure Tours, and they do snorkeling and scuba diving and all of that kind of stuff. And so uh, last year when we were there in February, I, we went snorkeling, and man, I loved it so much. And I said, man, if I could only, he said, hey, when you come back, and I didn't know I was going to come back this early. I had no intention. He said, but when you come back the next time, do all your stuff ahead of time, and you can, you know, we'll take you out and get your dive certification where you can actually see something, you know. So when I found out that we were actually going to be there, we got it all set up. And so uh, we did our open water. You, you have to have a confined water, which is like pool, but we just went out to the reef where you could actually stand and did that and then did our first open water dive on Saturday. And, um, and then we finished the rest of it on Monday, which I got a couple pictures of that. Saturday night, we actually had to leave. They overbooked the hotel, and um, they had contracts and different stuff, and, and it's amazing how God works all this out. The guy who is the manager of that hotel is also the head of the hotel association for all of Belize, and so he has five or six hotels that he's the, the manager of. The one that we stay at is, is really the nicest hotel in the whole country, and so like when the president, is not the president, he's the prime minister of Belize, comes to Belize City, that's where he stays. I mean, it's, 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 it's a best Western. And you wouldn't think of, of it as being a really nice hotel compared to maybe what you would see as a really nice hotel in the States. But we had to move out because uh, a bunch of military was staying there. Uh, Canadian, Belize, American, Brazilian, I think. They had all kinds of different people there. And, and I guess they have a contract with several of the militaries all the way through October where they have, I think, 18 or 20 rooms. And with other people coming in, they just didn't have enough room. So we had to go to a different hotel uh, for Saturday night. That was, that, was, that was their continental breakfast. That's where you had breakfast. So we were all sitting out there waiting for them to bring our food. This is their church there in Belize City. And um, you can't see it, but um, where that last main pole is, there's a little door right there, and that's where their kids' classroom is. And I, I think they had probably 40 or 50 kids in there uh, for Sunday school. But this was their school group that was up there in the front singing. And there we go. That was, uh, that was a whole, oh, that's, I think that's actually a video. started the church there. There's a couple of people behind, oh, there's one person behind me, and then, of course, Brian, and then the guy in the blue shirt was from um, Pastor Caleb Bottrell's church up there in Maryland, and then the guy in, with the beard there in the front is, is uh, Pastor John Stockton from Community Baptist. Uh, they got all their kids playing instruments and all that stuff. It was tremendous. It was in the church service there. Um, uh, Ted Tejada is the one that is the manager of the hotel. This 
this is where, and, and if you remember seeing pictures from when I went to preach their anniversary service last year, uh, that room will hold probably five or 600 people, and a uh, huge room. But they were doing their graduations. That's, that's kind of how this whole trip came about in the first place. Uh, they have their first graduate from their school. That they, The school started four years ago when the first girl was graduating. And so uh, Pastor Whitaker, they asked him to come down and preach the graduation. And so Ted said, man, this is a special occasion. Why don't you guys use that room? You know, so they set it out. I think there was probably 150, at least 150 people there for that graduation. Uh, that's all kids from the school that are playing instruments and stuff. Uh, Pastor Whitaker jumped in there with them. But um, just so nice to have that building. But that, when I say this, when the, when the uh, prime minister wants to address the country for whatever reason, a lot of times this is where he does it from. I and mean, that's how nice this place is. So at least by their standards. And I say that not in, a, not in a derogatory way, but, you know, we would think of that as just being kind of an average room. But for them, it's very, very nice. And so it's a privilege for us to be able to stay there when we're there. So then uh, we went and got our diving certifications. I got, I think, three or four pictures. Go ahead. So uh, Weston, who is... Uh, you know, you know, Nitin, probably uh, Derek Renshaw is up there. He's an assistant pastor at um, uh, Pastor Batrell's church up there in Maryland. And uh, his brother is a contractor down in South Carolina and actually came up and met us as well. So he already had his certification. So uh, he dove with us that day as well, our dive master. So then um, Monday night, this, this is the school building on the inside. And they, they rigged a couple lights up in there just to have some lights. Um, but you can see all the desks already set up. They, they, you know, obviously they put a bunch of tables in there and everything else for us to be able to eat there that night. But what a tremendous thing, you know, um, to start. There we go. That's probably a better picture of it. But to to start on Monday, really Tuesday, and then by by the following Monday to have them be able to move their school in there and and uh, get it all set up was just an amazing thing. So that's the pastor's youngest daughter. She's Riley's age. Six, maybe. There's a tarantula. Can you see it? And then there's a, uh, it's that right there is the tarantula. Right next to it is the skin that it just crawled out of. Yeah, they, they shed like snakes. And so when they get big enough, they grow out of it and they shed it. That was a, that was a pretty, pretty big one there. So this is when we're getting ready to leave. That's Pastor Blanco's family. So Pastor Blanco, obviously, there in the middle. Greg is his oldest. Um, and then RJ, and then Ben, and Grace. Um, here's an amazing thing. So we, we um, uh, well, go, go to the next picture. I can't remember what's next. That's the hotel. That's where we stayed. <coughs> so go back. You can't really tell. This is, this is Francis sitting right here with Mr. Grant. And um, uh, uh, when we were over there on, on that Friday night at his place, um, Mr. Grant, sat down with him, and went through the whole plan of salvation with him. And, I mean, just a, a really good guy, but not saved. You know, he's very religious, but he was lost. And um, has done so much for the country. He's done so much for the school and the church and all of that kind of stuff. And Mr. Grant started going through the plan of salvation with him, and he said, ah, oh, you know, he kind of understood it and whatever else. Well, he asked Mr. Grant to meet him for breakfast on Tuesday morning. And that's where they were sitting there. And at the table there, he, he got saved. He accepted Christ as his Savior. And um, Mr. Grant came out with tears in his eyes, and he said, you know, he said, 
this whole trip, I've been wondering, what am I doing here? You know, he's like, I mean, I'm walking around. He was, he was, he was like walking around in the fog. He didn't know what to do because everywhere he went to do something, somebody was already doing it. You know, and he's used to telling people what to do. By the time he got there to tell somebody what to do, it was either done or being done. You know, so he was just kind of standing there watching everybody most of the time. And he said, I kept asking God over and over, why am I here? Why am I here? And he said, I know now that this is why God brought me here was to talk to him and, and lead him to Christ. And uh, so I talked to Francis after that, and he said, uh, he said, I had a really good talk with Mr. Grant. You know, that's what he told me. And uh, I texted him the next day, and, and he, I mean, he really had an understanding of what salvation is and, and uh, you know, knew that he was saved, knew that he was on his way to heaven. So um, not long after that, Ted, who is the manager of the hotel, came out, and I think Pastor Whitaker or Mr. Grant, somebody told him that Francis got saved, and he said, ah, that's great. He said, you know what? I've got a girl that works here for me. She's been working here for, you know, five or six months uh, she's come to the church three or four times, and she has a lot of questions about salvation and wants somebody to talk to her. So Mr. Grant went in there and sat down with Victor, and she got saved too. Um, and then uh, there's a guy that, that um, I, they went over there to visit him on Saturday, uh, Mr. Grant, Pastor Whitaker, and I think maybe, I think maybe uh, Pastor Whitaker's daughter while we were working on this building. And they've been praying for this guy for 10 years. And uh, he didn't get saved on Saturday, but on, Mon- on Tuesday... They went back over to his house, and he's like, I'm ready. I need to get saved. You know, so he got saved, too. So three people there on that, on that Tuesday that got saved, and uh, just a tremendous, tremendous trip because of that. So um, uh, there's the group. Some of those are, are uh, like Pastor Blanco's family is down there on the end. Uh, Pastor Whitaker is on the far right side, and his daughter, the two that are next to them, um, very, very, very faithful members in the church. The wife teaches there in the school. The husband, the husband is actually the director of the health something, rather, for Belize. So, uh, you know, it was supposed to cost $75 to get your test. He got all of our tests for free, got them processed, gave us our papers, and sent us home. So he did the same thing for us last time as well. But uh, you never, never know it just looking at him. But a couple of those on the, on the left side are his kids as well. But just a tremendous, tremendous group that God brought together. And uh, we were able to finish that entire building up. And, uh, you know, we, we gave some toward that as well because, you know, the wire and all that. Tell us what we owe you. And I said, we got it covered. You know, it's just a, it's a blessing to be able to give to them and, and see that work go forward for God. So, um, but like I say, do we have any more, Josh, or is that the last one? Is that the last one? So um, it was just, I mean, what a tremendous, tremendous thing to see not only this work get done. And that's, you know, that's, that's the, the reason why you do that is to train the leaders for the next generation so they can do what? Lead souls to Christ, right? And, and, and raise their families for the Lord and everything else. And it's just so tremendous to see uh, God doing a great work down there in Belize. And then just not only this, that this building goes up, but that people get saved. And, and, you know, every soul obviously is very important to, to us and to the Lord. But to see somebody with the, with, the, uh, with the sway and with the importance of a guy like Francis... Uh, there's no telling what God can do with, with somebody like that who, who is, you know, who's now saved and is excited about doing the Lord's work. I mean, I, I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, but um, it's just, I mean, they, they, they need a building. They need a place. To, I mean, this guy is, is, is a contractor who has access to just about everything in the country. So there's no, no telling what God can do with that. So um, it's very, very, very exciting to see that. And uh, not just that the work got done, but that people got saved as a result of that. And so I say all that to say, and, and it, this is just such a small, I wish I could, I wish I could take longer and give you more um, uh, about it, um, but um, 
I think it would be a very, very wise use of our mission's funds to be able to, to give it to them, at least for a while until they can get to where they're completely self-supporting. And I think they will. Get this. So, you know, Francis gets saved. This, this guy's name was Cornell that got saved. And, and I think the girl's name was Lisa that got saved. But the pastor's son, um, uh, Greg, his oldest one, just graduated with a degree in biochemical engineering. Um, from the University of Barbados, and um, I think it's in—I think it was the University of Barbados in Honduras or something like that. But ended up getting a full-ride scholarship, and it's amazing how God worked all of that out. But he's planning to go back and get his master's degree in that, so he can come back get a good job and whatever else. Um, and I forgot to mention this: Brian, Brian did the Sunday school lesson on Sunday morning. I preached on Sunday morning, and the Pastor Whitaker preached on Sunday night uh, for the graduation. And um, by by Monday, Greg had told his dad, he said, I, I think that I, I need, I think God's calling me into the ministry. And um, there's, there's desperate needs for, for churches. Uh, there's only, I mean, Belize is only 400,000 people in the entire country. It's possible that you could win that entire country for Christ. You know, it's possible. That's, that's as many people as there are in this county, in the whole country. And so there's only about seven or eight cities with, you know, 20,000 plus people. And I think the largest is Belize City with 25,000 people. So it's not, not that many people there. And, uh, it, I mean, to be able to, to drive an hour away and start a church and work together with the church there in Belize City would be a tremendous thing. And he, he believes that God's moving him in that direction. And so, um, you know, just to see him give his life to Christ and surrender to preach, you know, in that time that was there, it's just another, it's just icing on the cake, you know. And uh, another girl there that, um, that had kind of gotten away from the Lord a little bit, and, and with her being there in the services and stuff, she said, you know what, I need to get my life back together. And, and they've actually dated for a while, and so now both of them are excited about, you know, getting married and going and doing what God wants them to do. So um, just a tremendous, tremendous thing. And, and so by us taking our funds and giving it toward that, we will be able to help that, that second church plan out there too, hopefully. Last thing I'll say about this is, is um, I, I was hoping to be able to do it this year, and I, I, did, I mentioned it to you, but COVID threw everything off and all this stuff, but uh, I want to take a missions trip down there again, and uh, maybe for one of the best times to go is in February when they have their anniversary service, and um, they'll always have a special speaker that comes in and preaches for that, but there's always a church or two that will come down a week before that, and just, I think they usually try to get out about 20,000 flyers into that community, and so just going out and knocking on doors, passing out those flyers and all of that kind of stuff is a huge, huge help uh, to them to try to get all of that out of there. And they usually have around four, five, six hundred people that come to the anniversary service and usually, you know, 10, 15, 20 people that get saved. So it's, it's just very, very rewarding to be able to do that. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to put it together. Maybe not for this February. I don't know uh, how it'll work out, but how, how tremendous that their anniversary is in February when it's freezing here, you know? Um, but uh, that's when we went down last time and just really, really enjoyed being a part of that whole thing. And then, of course, this time we'd be able to do that. So um, we'll wrap it up. Uh, if you want to ask questions about that or whatever, then feel free to ask me about anything afterwards. But um, I told Brian I'd give him a couple minutes if he wanted to say anything about it and then have him close in prayer and lead the song at the end. So, Brian, come on up here. A whole lot to say. Um, I'll be honest with you, when, when my brother asked me to go, we were in the middle of getting our, trying to buy the house. I knew we were going to be getting everything moved over. I didn't know how tight everything was going to be. Um, but the last three weeks or so before we went on that trip, 
I spent every night after work trying to get floors down in the house so I could get everything moved over and all that. And <clears throat> my wife knows about the last week, I was like, I don't even feel like going. I'm, it's so busy here. I got so much to do. But I'm really glad uh, that I got to go. Uh, God didn't call me to Belize or anything like that. But um, just get to see some real genuine people doing God's work. And, uh, you know, there's no Americans down there in that church now. It's all uh, Belizeans that are running all the ministries. The pastor is, is a native to, of Belize. And, uh, but I am excited that we get to give our missions money to that church. It's a church that's really, he didn't mention this. But we complain about gas prices. You know, we, make, we can make decent money here in the States. Their gas is $7 a gallon. And that's what they're running a bus ministry. And, you know, they live about 20, 25 minutes from the church. So they're back and forth several times every day with the school. And so anyway, our money will go a long way uh, there in Belize, or it's, it's, it'll be very useful. But uh, uh, just genuine, genuine people is... and. I don't, we didn't. I don't think we had a picture of it. There's a kid named Adin. He is the guy that he that he said was the director of the health ministry or whatever he is. His son. This is Adin, and he's in the school there. He'll be a, a senior next year. But uh, one of the things he so at, we're standing in the hotel getting ready to get on the bus and go to the airport, and he he asked he had asked his pastor if he could address the group basically, and. Uh, just a really nice kid. He's one of the ones playing the trumpet. Just serious, you know, about uh, God's work and about church. Just really helpful, you know. Every time the kids don't have to be told what to do, they know what their routine is. As soon as church is over, all the chairs get moved. They clean the floor. They put all the chairs back. All the songbooks get straightened out, and it's all done by the kids. But uh, anyway, he was one of them. And and at the hotel there, he said. Uh, he just told us, thank you for coming. Thank you for helping with our school building. It's going to be great to be in a building, basically, where we're not getting eaten alive every day by the bugs. But he said, the biggest thing I learned from you all is that uh, your faith isn't just something you do on Sundays. You can't, your faith is what brought you here to be a part of our ministry. And uh, you could see how grateful the kids were um, to, to have that building to, to have school in. But I think more than anything, it's, it was a blessing to be a testimony to them. These kids, as Pastor mentioned, there's only 400,000 people in the whole country. It's very possible that several, if not most, of these young men will be going into the ministry. Or, or God will call them, and they will be going to start churches. So anyway, it was great to be able to be a part of that. But uh, I was going to say something else, and I can't remember what it was. Um, Anyway, uh, if you ever get a chance, I did want to say this too, but if we ever get a chance, if, if we do go down in February, not this coming February, I'm assuming it'll be a couple years, do everything you can to uh, be able to go, make an attempt to, to be a part of that. It'll be, it's a huge blessing uh, to see God working. That's what I was going to mention. Pastor Whitaker said, the, like within six weeks after he left and came back to the States, he had missionaries visiting his church taking or that church taking pictures of the church to put in their uh, prayer letters to send back home that's the kind of I'm not saying every missionary is like that but that's what a lot of missionaries are it's a free vacation it's vacation life for as long as they feel like doing it they're not 
out winning souls. All they have to do is come up with a good prayer letter to send home and churches will keep sending money. That's not what this church is doing. In fact, as far as I know, this, this church is not even supported by churches in the U.S. They're right now struggling along with just what they, what they bring in, and that's why Pastor Whitaker is asking for churches that are supporting him to change that support to them. They could really use it. But they are seeing people saved. They're seeing visitors in every Sunday. You saw that service. As far as I know, most of the people in that service didn't know we were going to be there. They didn't know we were coming. Um, a lot of the church members did and stuff, but... Uh, they had visitors there this Sunday we were there. Uh, I think they had visitors on Thursday night. They have their midweek service on Thursday. Uh, but they're out working, and that was with, you know, the pastor being tied up most of the week helping us uh, and, and with the school and everything else. So anyway, if you ever get a chance here in the next couple years, we'd take a trip down there. Do everything you can uh, to go. You always find excuses for not going. I can promise you that. But if we try to make, a, make an attempt to uh, go, it'll be a huge blessing, and you'll see some of the work that God's doing, uh, A, with our mission's money, but also in other churches. Um, and anyway, I'm not going to keep going. He said pretty much everything. We had, we had a great week. Uh, I think that was one of the biggest things with Francis getting saved. He showed up, and he said, I cannot believe how well everybody's working together. And they kind of were joking, hey, we're independent Baptists. We're supposed to fight. Um, but anyways... It was a great week, got a lot accomplished, and, and God really worked even in seeing several people saved, as he mentioned. So uh, exciting week, busy, tired afterwards, uh, but got to, got to see God do some work. So all right, let's go ahead and stand. We'll pray, and then we'll close with our song. Father, I thank you for this day you've given us. God, I thank you for giving us the opportunity to live for you, to serve you. God, to use our strength and our energy. Uh, for your work and for your kingdom. God, I pray that this church in Belize, as they now have a, a nice building to meet in and, and uh, room to grow, that they would see uh, more young people come in, more young people that they can train uh, to serve you with their lives. And God, I pray that you would use uh, our church here. God, we get comfortable often just being in the U.S., being having the comforts of a first world. But God, I pray that you would help us, that you'd work in our hearts, and that you would call us Call some of us to your work and that we would respond uh, to that full-time work for you. But those of us that are just lay people and that are working jobs and, and just a part of this church, myself included, I pray that we would throw ourselves in uh, anywhere you call us to work. And, uh, God, that we would see you use us uh, in, your, in your work here in this church. God, I pray that you give us a good week as we go our separate ways, that you give us safety, bring us back here on Wednesday, uh, ready to sit under the preaching of your word and uh, hear what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This could be the day that the Lord returns in glory. This could be the day that he calls his children home. So be faithful in service as you watch and pray. For this.